Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Back at you on a Monday. Whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we appreciate you. So welcome, yes, Brian. What's happening, man? What's happening, brother? Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. The Same road. old. Yeah, as always. I got you. Well, it was a it was a wild weekend to watch. Big tournament fishing. I wasn't at Fork, neither were you. But it was a crazy scene to watch down there, wasn't it? It was, man. Uh, you know, Ford, you never know what to expect. Like, we saw, you know, they, they really put on a show down there at Seminole and just put up huge bags. That's kind of what you expect out of Fork. I know last year was a was a slugfest down there. So, you you never know, like, when those things are going to come in. So, watching it all day, you're you're kind of expecting somebody to, to, to wow. hang up a huge limit <laughs> late in the yeah. day. So, I'm sure that was nervous for, for our guest tonight, you know, because he, he put up his his limit was pretty early so you know just wait and see you sandbagging or who may have 102 inches you know sitting in the back of the truck i took a peek at the leaderboard this reminded me a lot of uh there wasn't quite as many people but i mean there were nearly 200 people in this thing but the, the natty on caddo a few years ago mm -hmm. where they're like the top 150 had 20 inches in their bag i mean it was insane uh i got to looking at this one and to get 54th place you had to break 80 inches Wow. I mean, that's solid. That's rough. I mean, and even below that, you had guys and girls with 19s and 18s all down their limit, all the way down to, I mean, 75th had 70 inches. It's crazy. So they were catching them for sure. I'm sorry. David Cruz, can you hear me better now, sir, by chance? Can you hear me okay, Jeff? Can't hear Ryan. I hear you pretty good, man. Okay. All right. Maybe Cruz got me turned down on his on his end. He got them Amazon earbuds. He can get some real AirPods. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. Uh, so, so Patrick Malone, the TD, is watching. He got in the comments and said there were 50 20-inch bass caught. That's a lot. That is like Cato. I mean, that, you know, Cato put up, you know, just, I don't know, 70 or 80, like 21-inch <laughs> plus bass in that tournament down there. with some monsters. Yeah. And one of the most shocking things was uh, – Russ didn't win, or was he in the top three? But I mean, he still had a he, he, he still had a solid he still had a solid day. I mean, he had eighty two inches, but that puts you in you know forty fortieth player forty third. You can't place. you can't win them all, man. I mean, there's no, been a no. lot of guys that have had some major success on Fork. You know, uh, Cody Milton, uh, Nate, obviously, who won the old school TOC before it became the Hobie Tournament of Champions down there. Uh, so, I mean, we, you know, Matt Scotch, Guillermo, you got a lot of guys that have, that have really, you know, showed out on Fork. So it's kind of kind of a toss-up. I don't feel like it's necessarily that home field advantage type lake. Like, you can stumble on a big bag uh, about anywhere on the lake, it seems. Yeah, and it, and it was kind of a stacked board. I mean, you go from Scotch down in 33rd place with 85 inches, you know, that's only, a third. I say only, 13 inches from 1st to 35th is not that much. No. Yeah, so there were that's a, lot a couple of big bites, between. a couple yeah. big bites, and you're right back in. Yeah, that's a lot of people in there. So props to Nate for holding them off. We're going to get him on here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, fun to watch. I wish I was there. I love Lake Fort. I mean, it hates me and loves me back at the same time every other year. But but I love going down there. So hopefully next year the scheduling is a little better and we can pull that one off. I know I you haven't been over there for. Yeah, I've never, yeah. No, never seen the place, buddy. Never seen the place. Yeah. One day. One day. One day. Arkansas is on your list this year, and then next year it'll be. 
I like, I mean, I like Texas. I like, I like the Texas folks. We, we tend to have a good time when I'm around. So uh, I'm not opposed to going at all, but like you said, you know, schedule wise, I'm going to have to have to squeeze it in a little bit. Yeah. So before we get Nate on, there's a couple things I think we need to touch on. One more thing from the tournament that I saw uh, mentioned Duke shared it on our group page today. How about the guy that came in second? I believe he came in second, had the leaky kayak and had to go get a new one. And ended up coming in second. I mean, that's insane. That's wild, man. I can't, like, I couldn't imagine, like, the last day of pre-fishing, like, man, I'm tired of this freaking Tupperware leaking on me. I'm about to go pick up a, pick up a new ride before tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, just, no you know, that, talk about mental, mental strength, I guess you'd say. You know what I mean? Easy to get shook for much it less. Than having... it, worked, it worked out for him pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then there's one more thing we got to talk about. And I mean, I just don't, I don't know if we can not talk about this. So let me, let me pull it up for you. I'm good. What about this thread that went on? (laughs) I knew knew this was going to be it. I knew it, man. I mean, what about that thread with uh, Clint, you know, with the spot on accuracy and then I'm not even going to show Conrad's picture, but beyond that, the actual photo. So that was kind of the beautiful irony in it is, is he throws this out as kind of, you know, a joke. And then Conrad, of course, you know, being the, the man that he is, uh, just so happens to, um, post a picture of, of him. There he is. Uh, holding a fish <laughs> in the exact same outfit as the little Barbie doll, which I'm not shocked by that really at all. Uh, I am, am surprised that he posted it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really shocked that I'm, I'm more, I'm not, if I'm more surprised that he posted it or that he had it. I don't know which one's more shocking. I know. I completely expect him to have it. I feel like I feel like Conrad has a, a large selection of speedos, uh, you know, in in the old gun cabinet there. Yeah, uh, he even had the ladies clamoring for a uh, cornbread calendar. So good for you, Conrad, doing your thing out there, buddy. Keep on doing it, son. Keep on doing your thing. Adding the spice to the page. Crazy. Uh, anything else happen we need to talk about? I, I, just, I just think we could couldn't go without talking about that. I don't think so. Everything else has been pretty, been pretty smooth, hasn't it? Yeah, pretty ho hum. Anything jumping out in my head? What's the next big one we got coming up? Uh, I think is it, it's kind of a down week, and then there's a KBF Pickwick. Yeah, that's what I was up. gonna say. I saw somebody yeah. posting about uh, KBF Pickwick. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get Nate on here. Uh, we'll take a little break, and we'll bring Nate in and, and and break down how he is now basically the king of Lake Fort. So Ooh. yeah, hang on just a minute. We'll be right back, y'all. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They're independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. All right, we're back. Nate, what is up, my man? Thanks How you doing, guys? Tonight. Thanks, Ryan. I told Nate before we came on live that uh, this this was not meant as shade, but I hadn't seen Nate at any of the national events for a while. So when I saw that leaderboard, I thought that was like a throwback to the TOC a couple of years ago. I, <laughs> I was like, "What? What? Nate Gloria? Wait a minute!" So, congrats, man. Thanks, man. Uh, very unexpected. You know, you uh, see the everybody down at Fort pre fishing all week, and 
there were some folks that were really on them uh, early in the week. So, um, yeah, just uh, really grateful for this one. This one it worked out. So you haven't retired from fishing, though. Like, you know, Jeff mentioned not, not seeing your name on the national yeah. stuff. I mean, you're still fishing, like, a lot of the local stuff, Midwest yeah. tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, Joshua Booth with the All-American Series, I'm, I'm going to try to hit every one of those events. Uh, you know, traveling, traveling great distances is – that's strenuous work on, on folks. And so hats off to the, to the guys that can get that done. Um, you know, I got, I got a, you know, a family and, and work and everything. And so, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta do what I can to stay home. Uh, but, uh, you know, my buddy had said, uh, he goes, Hey, I'm going to Lake Fork if you want to go. And I said, I was like, I might be able to swing that one. And, and, um, I'm sure glad that I did. <laughs> yeah, that was worth it. Yeah. You, uh, are you going to hit that first all American series event? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, Washita, first event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clean miss on that one. You can have Washita, man. I got you. I got you, man. So, uh, Nate, tell us about. Did you get to practice? Tell us about the stuff leading up to the event. You said you saw other people smashing them. Yeah, um, you know, I had to wrap up some things with work. Make sure you know we had a two-week uh, cold snap for us that really stopped everything pretty much. Um, and, uh, about two weeks out that weather switched on us and everybody in the construction industry was just moving. Um, and so I was, you know, super busy with work, so I didn't get a chance to go down real early. Uh, left, uh, left Omaha, Nebraska on uh, Wednesday at about one o'clock, uh, pulled into Lake Fork at uh, midnight that night, early Thursday morning. Uh, we slept for, you know, just a few hours, woke up at, uh, you know, I think it was like 5am on Thursday. Uh, and then fished all day uh, until uh, about six, seven o'clock is when we finally got off the water. Um, and then uh, we were able to pre-fish on Friday up until uh, the two o'clock cutoff for, for the for the rules there. So um, about a day and a half of pre-fishing. So how how far into that pre-fishing time period did you find the spot that ended up cashing the check for you? Uh, that would have been day two. Um, I had caught a 21 incher in, in one of the cuts back there. Um, looked at my buddy and I was like, dude, we got, we got to go. I was like, they might be in here. I, I had seen a few other fish just kind of moving around, uh, chasing some bait fish back there out of their areas. So, uh, we turned around and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't by any means think that, uh, there was, there was enough in there, uh, to, to get the job done like that. Uh, I was, you know, the whole, the whole time, you know, I wasn't expecting to, to come away with a win. I mean, you look at, you know, going up against 195 anglers, I mean, and you got to have some, some, you know, uh, some real confidence to say that you can go out there and expect to win like that, you know. Um, so, and I wasn't on, on, the, on the kind of fish to make that happen. <laughs> Worked out. It's, uh, it's a familiar story. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds just like the uh, TOC. I guess, was that the last uh, TOC that Cody had before it became the Hobie TOC? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um. Hey, we got some YouTubers in there. I forget Jim's in uh, Facebook jail, so he's in the YouTube. Yeah, he is in Facebook jail again. I, I posted now. something. I was commenting on like Shane status, like giving him giving him shit for something. And then I look at my my phone, and Jim texts me the picture that I did to reply. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, Why would he text that to me? And not just post it. And I was like, Oh, he's in Facebook jail again. Yeah, That's why. we miss it. We miss him. By God, we miss him. Uh, but I'm glad to see him over there on the on the YouTube. So appreciate you over there, buddy. Um, so how how did this tournament? How did it differ from your from your TOC win down there? Uh, they were about halfway back to that to that bridge back there. 
Really? Um, so you were in the same area. Yeah, I was. I was still on Little Caney. You know, my thought process <laughs> into it, honestly, was, uh, you know, Lake Fork historically. Um, there's been tournaments won in Little Caney, um, and uh, you know, so I thought to myself, there's no doubt that there's going to be some big fish that uh, that are pushing back here. It's just about intercept intercepting them um, at that location of either where they're going to pull in to either take a break and rest. Um, or they're going to pull into a spot and say, Hey, I don't, I, I don't have any more time left in me. I got to drop my eggs. Um, and so that's kind of, kind of what, what I looked for. I, I started right across the, uh, the boat ramp, uh, pre-fishing. Um, I just got the, the Garmin live scope. haven't caught a fish on it, um, since I, I, I had, uh, installed it. So I went out to the point right there across from the boat ramp and I was marking a bunch of fish out there. Um, and I was actually catching some on a jerk bait, um, on, uh, on Friday morning, uh, pre-fishing. So that's actually where I started the tournament. Uh, I thought that I could just go over there. They would just, you know, be pushing some shad up on that point. And, you know, I'd get, I'd pick up maybe three or four, you know, maybe 15, 16 inches um, and just, uh, just kind of start my limit, you know, and go upgrading from there. Um, but uh, tournament day, that, that being uh, where I started off, there was not a, a fish that wanted to bite out there. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with, you know, the wind had been blowing, um, on that point for three days straight and then tournament morning it, it was dead slick calm out there so uh, the, the bass just weren't pushing the shad up against that point anymore so we got a question from the crowd i'm oh, sorry ryan somebody asked if was he fishing from a crowd were you fishing from a crowd i would i would almost answer that for you if you were in little caney it's always crowded isn't it yeah it was definitely crowded uh in the in the two uh two cuts that i was catching fish there was maybe two other kayak guys that were dedicated to that area. Um, and, uh, so, you know, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people went real far North in little Caney, um, and, uh, we're looking for the fish to, you know, be pushed way back up in there. Um, the water temps were warmer back up there, you know, um, and that attracted a lot of the anglers. So, uh, kind of reduced a little bit of pressure off of, uh, you know, uh, the area a little bit closer, you know, that I was fishing at. So, so with you rolling up on that point and not getting bit, how did you adjust? And also, how did the live scope factor into the adjustments that you made? Yeah, I, I had to ditch live scope. That thing wasn't going to help me out. <laughs> that thing was not going to help me out. Uh, but, uh, you know, I spent about 30 minutes on that, uh, on that point there. And uh, my buddy and I, we had both agreed to share that spot, thinking we could, you know, there'd be enough fish there. We could just both cast in there with the jerk bait and get it, get a few fish on the board and you know, I looked at him, I said, this isn't it, man. It's, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna cut it for us. And so, uh, we, you know, I took off toward the cut where I had caught that 21 inch the day before, uh, pre-fishing. And uh, I get to that, uh, cut, make my first cast in there. I tie on a, uh, just a, a Texas rigged, uh, weightless, uh, kind of like a zoom speed crawl. To be honest with you, I don't know exactly what bait it is. I got it in a dollar 99 uh, shields bin. I'm a pretty cheap guy. Um, so it, so I picked that up and threw that and, you know, pre-fishing, you know, I tried throwing a frog and I, I got a few, few hits on it, but they weren't, they weren't committing to it. So anyway, toss that in there and I, and I'm running it across the top of the water and I kill it 12 inch hits and I get it on the board, take a photo of it, let the fish go, go to look at my photo. And I realize I forgot my identifier. So I'm Ooh. already, uh, yeah, I'm like, well, you know, the, you know, I was upset in the moment, but you know, looking back, I knew that that wasn't going to cut it for this event, you know? Um, 
So where I caught that 21 incher the day before, I knew exactly where I had hooked her at. So I casted right, right into her, you know, where she had been uh, the day before, reeled it across the top of the water, and I see a big old weight coming behind the bait. Uh, I killed it mostly out of startlement, to be honest with you. Like I was like, holy cow, is she still there? Let, let, let it sink. She hits. I set the hook, and she breaks off. Um, and so back-to-back fish like that, um, it – it made it a mental game for me for, uh, for a little while there. I was like, okay, I've got, I've got to figure something out. And I looked at my line and it wasn't a clean break. It looks like it was a knot that failed of mine. Um, so, you know, us as anglers, when, when you see guys out there late at night, checking every, every reel, their line, all that kind of stuff, they're probably doing that for, you know, that exact reason right there. Um, and it punished me for not doing that. So, um, so I pull out of that cove and, and I go down to the, to the next cut. Um, and, uh, I had, uh, I had seen a, a bass boat, uh, casting in at this, at this, at the same spot over and over and over again the day before pre-fishing. So, you know, what does that tell you? There's probably a fish that's bedded there. Um, so I went over there, casted, casted right where I thought that that guy had maybe been casting the day before, buzzed it across the top of the water. And I see a huge weight behind the bait kill it again that one was a 19 and a half um i'm putting that fish on the board measuring it i let it go a couple minutes goes by i look over to the left of where i'd caught that fish and there's another bass just chasing bait i mean he was mad so i was like if i throw my bait in there right now as he's chasing something else around there's a good chance he's gonna bite it cast in there run it across the top and i kill it and it's a 21 and a quarter so that was a great relief right there i've got two pretty good fish you know um and you know take a photo of that fish let it go a couple minutes goes by i look over about 10 more feet to the left and there's another bass doing the same thing and uh and so i pitch in there and run it across the top kill it and it's a 16 uh 75. um and uh so at that moment then i i actually decided to, to pull out of that cut and i'm thinking i'm gonna go back up to that to that cut where i just lost that broke off that fish um, and since, you know, I had looked at my line and it didn't look like it was a, uh, like it was a, 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 uh, clean cut. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I didn't get a hook in her and she'll eat again. So I went up there or came to the, came to the mouth of this cut. And I'm like, Nate, you know, a couple of years ago, you left your spot. Why, why are you leaving fish to go find fish right now? Um, and so I turn around and I come back and, and, uh, I had thought I had seen a, a bass moving in the, in the weed line. Um, on the other side of this cut that I, so I caught three on one side of the cut. Um, and on the other side, I thought I had seen a bass moving. So I, I tie on a Mr. B lure, uh, uh, bladed jig, got a Halloween. Uh, it's actually a walleye assassin swim bait. It's, uh, shields was all out of the white one. So it's, it was all I could find, uh, as a swim bait. Um, so threw that up there and I take a couple, a couple of reels on the, on the uh on the bladed jig there and my bait just stops and i kind of just you know like when you when you when you uh, snag up on a log you kind of go like this to break it free well my line just shot to the side and i set the hook and uh i knew it was the biggest bass that i've ever caught in my life um and i kept telling myself you know over and over out loud i can remember saying if i if i land this bass this could win me the tournament i didn't know i thought it was a 10 pounder you know but that's how every like fork bass fights. So <laughs> it could be 16 and it fights like that. And so 
um, I, I, it comes up next to the kayak and I, and I'll, I had not seen it yet. And I just see the big old mouth and, and I get it in the net and, uh, you know, kind of lost it then, you know, I, I was, you know, hollering and, and, uh, at that point, then I've got, I've got four fish, you know? Um, and, uh, so I pull out of the cove and go back up to the next cut where I'd lost that fish. Um, and there's another guy in the, in the far back of the cut where that 21 was sitting and uh so i'm like well shoot i can't cast in there now he's up there so i take one cast into an open pocket and run it across the top just let it drop without seeing anything trailing behind it um and it, it, it's sitting there for just a couple seconds and i feel a tick in the line and i set the hook and that's an 18. um and uh, that was my five fish card and uh that came early that came early Ryan mentioned that earlier. He, you know, you were in early, and he was wondering if folks were going to run you down or not. Sure, I was darn. I mean, after that, I mean, I, I picked apart those areas, uh, those two cuts as, as much as I could, and I couldn't get another bite. And uh, yeah, with about uh, an hour and fifteen to go left in the tournament, I uh, I thought to myself, well, you 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 need another one. You know, ninety eight inches on a lake that is being this good to me right now after not doing very good. Uh, somebody else has got more than I do. Uh, so I, uh, I, I went back up toward the, uh, toward the boat ramp, um, at about 10 AM, um, because I wanted to submit my fish with that 22 and a quarter, um, or 22 and a half. I don't even, uh, it was 22 and a half. Um, just because I thought it might be big bass. I mean, you never know. And so that was the only area that I could get service at was up toward the boat ramp. Um, and so when I was up there earlier that morning, then at, at like 10 o'clock when I uploaded my fish, um, I thought to myself at that moment, I was like, well, maybe, maybe if I don't get any other bites throughout the day, maybe I'll come back up here, um, and see if I can't pick one off, off of this point here. And so with about an hour and 15 left to go in the tournament, uh, I went up there and was casting a chatterbait and, um, or the, the bladed jig. And I, and I just kept telling tell, saying out loud, come on Lake Fork. I know you can give me one more, you know? Um, and I, and I might, by this time my fish finder's dead and I have no idea what depth of water I am in. Um, all I know is there's a bunch of standing timber and, uh, I'm running this bladed jig and I get, I get bit with about 15 minutes to go. And I think, I think to myself, even if it's a 17 and a quarter, every bit will help to keep me in the top 10, you know? Um, because I, I had seen guys, you know, when I went up to upload, there was a guy who had 90, Jeremy Brandis from Iowa had 90 inches. And, uh, I knew that, uh, some of the other folks probably hadn't even submitted their fish yet. You know, um, and I and I get that fish in, and it's a sixteen seven five, and so you know that one didn't help as I already already had one that size, and um, you know I, I had ran into Guillermo right before that, and he comes up behind me, and and I turn around, and I said, hey Guillermo, how you doing, man? And he's and he, he says, uh, well, are you are you are you sacking them up? And I said, I've I've got five good ones. I said, but I don't think it's enough. I said I've got ninety eight inches, and I said, how are you doing? And he goes, I've got five good ones as well. Um, and he goes, but you're right. It's not enough. Um, he said, but he, he goes, I think it's, he goes, but he, no, he was right though. We both thought it was going to, he said, uh, I think it's going to take over a hundred to win it and it could get done in little Caney, you know? Um, and I very much agree with him on that. You know, it, uh, anybody could, have could, have. it was a difference of one bite for so many guys, you know, yeah. to crack the hundred inch mark and, uh, uh, to, to be able to hold on like that was, uh, truly something, uh, I mean, I don't. I have no words for it. It, I, it was totally unexpected. That's no lie, man. The entire top ten. I mean, eight, nine, and ten. They would have had to catch a really big one, but mm -hmm. fr from six on up, those any 
anybody breaks 20 inches and they and they they win by a couple inches i mean you exactly. beat the top three guys by i mean guillermo had 90, inch, yeah. and you beat guillermo by a inch and a quarter he was in fourth yeah. you know so he's right one big bite yeah that was the difference that's crazy yeah, that's unbelievable awesome, unbelievable what was what big was bass the bladed, tournament you keep you keep saying bladed jig i've got to know what bladed jig are you throwing that, yeah that's a, a pro that's a pro answer the old yeah, bladed, the old mystery bladed jig. Yeah, he didn't say jackhammer. He just said Unnamed bladed jig. Bladed jig. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a bladed jig by uh, Mr. B Lure Company. Uh, huge thanks to him, man. I reached out to him about a week prior to the tournament uh, when I found out I was going, and I was like, dude, I it, could you please make me a, just a batch of anything that you can and send it my way. Um, and uh, and so I picked up uh, three of those bladed jigs that he's got. It mimics a lot like a chatterbait, but it's just got a different different vibration to it and I, that may, may have played a factor that fish may have seen another jackhammer come rolling by and you know everybody was was throwing a jackhammer or chatterbait or or some type of uh, a bladed jig and um who knows you know maybe maybe that vibration was the difference or maybe that fish had just pulled up you know um you, you just don't know and uh you know i'm just i'm fortunate that the that those fish did pull up because i i don't think that they were all there uh the day before i think it was just a timing thing it worked out. I uh, I asked Dwayne, or I asked what the big bass was, and Dwayne threw it in the comments. It was twenty three point two five. So I scrolled over here on Tourney X. I'll throw it up on the screen for you guys. Absolute Gage, monster. Gage caught two fish, a thirteen incher, and this one. Wow, so that's, that's what <laughs> that's what you come to Lake Fork for, right there. Man. That's it. That's it. That's the way to do it. If you're gonna catch, you know, two, that's that's the one. So good job, Gage. Let's see. We got some questions coming in the crowd here. Stephen Bell said he had to get to the ramp early. He headed out at four, and there were still eight guys sitting on his water when he got there. That's how it is at Lake Four. It's a big lake, but it can fish small. Wouldn't you agree, Nate? Oh, absolutely. I mean, th th this time of year made it fish so small. I mean, you know, you look at the guide reports that were out, uh, you know, all week um, and the week prior to uh, talking about this weekend, about how the bass were going to pull up in the shallows. This was your chance to catch your, your, you know, your personal best. So you had you had our tournament with such a huge turnout um, of anglers, 196 guys. You had a bass boat tournament going on. One of them that I know of, there might have been more. And then you've got the recreational fishermen who, you know, all want to travel to to Lake Fork um, at that time of year to to get on, uh, you know, what could be their their biggest bass of their life. Um, and so that shrunk the lake big time because nobody was fishing the deep water points, you know, nobody was fishing, uh, deep, deep timber. And if you were, um, that could have been the ticket too, you know, um, because, uh, nobody else was doing that. And I think doing something just a little bit different than the, than, than most folks, uh, you know, paid some dividends for some folks. Yeah. Good stuff. Anybody out there with more questions, shoot them to Nate while we have them. Like I said, I know you got another podcast coming up, so we're not going to take you too long. Too long. Uh, when we're done here, I know the paddle and fit guys are going to have Nate and I think the whole top three on there. So jump over there and, and check that out too. Uh, I said we were talking before we came on live. Uh, I'm sure Ryan's never heard of this lake or at least never been there. Lake Wanahoo over in Nebraska. I, I went up there right. <laughs> fishing the Midwest <laughs> Series a couple of years ago. And, you know, the lake was shockingly uh, impressive for, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect in Omaha, Nebraska, or just outside Omaha, but. Very cool lake, but it reminded me of Fork. So I asked Nate before he came on, did that kind of help you be successful down there? And why don't you talk about that for a minute, Nate? Yeah, uh, Lake Fork is is uh, is you know a flooded timber fishery, and uh, 
And our lake, uh, Lake Wanahu here, it sets up a lot like that, and it's got some great vegetation. Um, now the lake's on the downfall right now, Jeff. Um, it's been a, it's been a tough couple of years. The the far north end is really silted in on us, um, but it's got you know it's got uh, timber like you couldn't believe, and and uh, you know so fishing that lake, that's the lake that I kind of really you know started out uh, kayak fishing, um, and where I actually met Marty Hughes, who actually told me about tournaments uh, for kayaks, and so um, you know that lake uh, I've spent a lot of time on it. So when it comes to to, to fishing, you know, wood and, and figuring out where those fish pull off to when they don't want to be on it um, and how they relate to the creek channel um, and the vegetation and, and things like that with dirty water. I mean, it, it you know, I'm sure it, it played some, uh, I mean, it's, it's where I practice, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, you know, Little Caney is a lot like it, you know, just kind of shrunk the, the, the big old Lake Fork down for me to, you know, resemble a lot like Lake Fork or uh, Lake Wanahu. Yeah, definitely made you comfortable there. Yeah. I think I missed a question. Let's see. Let me go back here. Uh, first, I'm going to throw a comment up. Patrick Malone said they ran into Shryrock. Shry, I always mispronounce his name. At dinner. Said he planned on fishing for it, but he went over to Tawakini to leave you guys alone, which was pretty cool of a pro to do. I'm sure uh, we would have loved to see him out there, though. I mean, yeah. you know, that would have been cool to fish alongside him. And then Clifton <laughs> Allen, or Cliff Allen. I think this is one of his aliases on this Facebook. This is the new Clifton, Cliff. Yeah. All right. He said, would you break someone off a piece of the pie if they were the reason you got a check? Absolutely. There yeah. you go. Absolutely. Got to yeah, share the love. I thought he was talking about the pie at Tiffany's. I didn't know what he was talking about when I first saw that. <laughs> Fields wants to know, do you miss the brim in Australia? Yeah, actually, uh, I was talking uh, with uh, with my lady and, you know, we've been together for long time and we've never taken a vacation and so uh you know i said pick a spot on the map and and uh i hope that she chooses to go to australia because i'd love to go there in june or july and, and get after those bream because those are a lot of fun if you, if you guys ever get a chance to go over there and uh and fish for those uh yellowfin bream uh it's an absolute blast when they come into the into the uh, uh brackish waters there and and uh do their thing you know ryan there's three things there's there's three things nate said that let you know he's from the the midwest Shields, walleye, and bream. He just said yeah. bream. <laughs> you got me on that one for sure. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm a Midwest guy, Nate. You know that. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Schilling wants to know, were your electronics a factor at all? No, not at all. Except for early in the morning, let me know that the fish were not there and they did not want my lure <laughs> on that point. So... Um, after that, my panoptics and, and everything like that was pretty much off. Um, you know, I didn't uh, didn't use it much. I used uh, my fish finder just to kind of let me know uh, what depth I might be sitting in. You know, as I was sitting there in the in the weeds, and um, but I was in one to three foot of water uh, for all the fish that were caught. So I like Very it. Cool. I mean, people, you hear a lot of hype about the panoptics and how it's going to change the game and how it's not fair and all this other stuff. But for the most part, I mean, if you look at, especially in the, in the southern lakes, especially, where, you know, there's, there's shallow fish pretty much all year. eight or nine months out of the year for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, summertime, mm -hmm. they'll be out on the ledges. You can still find some shallow, but predominantly people are fishing offshore stuff. And then wintertime, you're looking for, for deeper fish uh, as well. But for the most part, I mean, I think instinctive fishing, and that's what I like to do myself. I don't like relying on electronics. Like mm -hmm. I fish these wintertime tournaments and I'll go out and I'll find a, a brush pile and I'll see fish sitting on it and I will watch them 
for hours and eat my bait. Like it's, <laughs> it's so yeah. frustrating. That's not how you catch fish. Like that is not, yeah. and I'm not saying that it, it's not, you know, something that may revolutionize some guys that fish offshore humps and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are trying to hump 300 yards offshore. They can sit out there and watch them on a jerk bait. I, I'm not saying that's not effective, but I'm saying it's not necessary. That those guys may not be the ones that are going to clean house in these tournaments. Yeah. Look at John yeah. Cox, for instance. You know, he's he's well known for probably one of the best shallow water fishermen that that exist in the game right now. He care less about electronics because he's catching yeah. his fish in two feet of water. Like he yeah. looks for that everywhere he goes. Yeah, uh, Marty Hughes, uh, he and I were just talking about it because this discussion, I guess, came up on the uh, the local uh, Nebraska club pa- uh, page. And, you know, he had said something that kind of just uh, st- stuck with me when it, you know, I think and talk about uh, panoptics. He says, you know, the really good thing about panoptics is you can see the fish. And the really bad thing about panoptics is you can see the fish. Um, yeah. And you can get you can get hung up on it for, for some time. And, and uh, you know, but uh, you, you nail it too, Ryan. I mean, you say... You say a lot of the, the, you know, the right things. I mean, some guys, uh, you know, that'll take their game to the next level, but, uh, you know, it can, it can really uh, take away a lot of time from uh, focusing on where the fish actually are, you know, and, and relying on your instincts to, to find I hope it fish. keeps guys offshore. I hope there's freaking 500 boats sitting on those humps and stuff out there and take some pressure off these exactly. nice shallow water fish that are trying to eat. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Nate, you said you hadn't had it very long, the last game? Yeah. Yeah, this was my do, first first time. Do you see how it could be addicting for some people? Oh yeah, man! Catching you know pre-fishing, catching the fish on the on the point on a jerk bait was a blast. I mean, I had caught I had caught the twenty-one in that cut, you know, and uh, I didn't even choose to to go there first. Um, I wanted to catch them on pan optics. That was fun. Um, so you know, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's addicting, man. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I I went on a little tirade after Broken Bow, seeing a bunch of bass boats out there weaving around the lake uh not catching anything just chasing them with live scope and i thought my god this is like some sort of cell phone addiction <laughs> well you know uh you know people like uh you know nebraska for some reason has kind of been on fire a little bit lately Milliken putting up you know one of the greatest youtube shows you know for for an outing of fishing ever um you know and panoptics was the ticket for him to to, to make that happen and um, you know, there's going to be some tournaments, uh, for, for us kayak guys where, you know, some of the guys that have got that and, and have the experience, you know, truly, uh, to fish offshore like that, it's going to elevate, elevate their game a little bit, you know, um, you know, not, not by much, but it will. Um, but then there's going to be times where it, it, uh, it fails them, you know, and, uh, for the first 30 minutes of this tournament, it failed me. Yeah. Well, you props to you for making the adjustment and turning it off. A lot of guys wouldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. I love turning my fish finder off. That's when I feel like I actually know what I'm doing. When I can reach up and turn that thing off, and I'm like, you know what, this is not going to be a factor for me. Mm-hmm. Like, then mm-hmm. I go fish it. Then it's like, okay, let's look at the bank and see, you know, find a current break, find an eddy, find a grass line, find something that actually, you know, hold these fish all the time. That's that's mm-hmm. my my favorite way to fish, not because of a little TV screen in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James just kind of echoed your statement, Ryan said bank fishing will be the new offshore. Wish everybody had live scope. Yeah. I, t- I talked to a guy. So when I first started bass fishing five or six years ago, there's a local guy that fishes the, the Chattanooga bass association tournaments. And he took me out on his bass boat and he, he taught me a lot. Like he taught me how to adjust, how, how to look for different things at different times of the year. 
and uh, you know, a great mentor in the sport. Well, I talked to him yesterday afternoon, and we were talking about LiveScope and 360, whatnot. To my surprise, he's already went out and put a 360 on his boat, and this guy's like old school. Like he, you know, has custom spin baits made with a certain color skirt on them because that's the only one that works to catch them off docks. <laughs> like, you know, he has all these little these nuances that that I would never even think of. But he's like, I'll tell you, son. He's like, I want to put my power poles down in between these docks. And he's like, I had that 360 on. He said, I could tell which dock post each fish was positioned on. Yeah. He's like, I just skipped that jig to the dock post and was plucking them right off. And I'm like, you know, that's yeah, when, when somebody like that, that number one, he knew what he was doing on the lake before. Yeah. But when you give him a tool like that to literally yeah. like be able to snipe those fish off those dock posts, that's uh, that's going to be trouble for sure. It's pretty crazy, man. Uh, like I said, that that broken boat tournament, uh, third place finisher there, Luke was catching him in sixty feet of water using yeah. uh, live scope under the bait balls. So if you can use it, it's a weapon. It is yeah, absolutely weapon. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well. uh Nate, what's next for you, man? I mean, are you, you going to travel a little more? Are you going to stay, stay well, regional, local? What, what's going on for you? I mean, as you know, uh, Jeff, I wasn't able to fish the, the Midwest Kayak Fishing Series as I directed that. And uh, uh, the Midwest, man, if you look at that Tourney X leaderboard, it showcases that we have got some absolute hammers in the Midwest. And uh, uh, so Joshua Booth putting together that All-American Series, uh, that's one that I'm really excited to fish because it it uh, it hits all the stops in the Midwest. There's going to be uh, lots of anglers here. Um, that are going to be competing in that, so it's a it's going to be a great uh, great season to fish that that uh, tournament circuit there. Um, you know, I want to fish uh, a, a BASS event up there on Lacrosse, um, as well as the uh, the Hobie event up there. That's a, a river system. You know, Ryan, I know you're a river system guy, so if you've got any tips, uh, shoot them to my inbox because I can I'll take every one of them I can get. Um, you know, uh, I, I've always uh, you know for some reason I've just, I, I just I just want to win up there on Lacrosse. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. If you guys get a chance to go up there, it's a backwater fisherman's dream. Uh, it's a deep water fisherman's dream uh, out there in the current. Great smallmouth, great largemouth, um, and you can have a blast fighting off the northern pike. Um, you know, so I'll fish that, those two events there. And then, you know, our uh, Nebraska clubs, they've both got uh, some awesome schedules as well. So it's going to be a busy season. Um, but uh, just uh, looking forward to kind of spot, you know, this tournament here, tournament there that I, that, you know, I can hit and works with my schedule. Good stuff. I'm gonna be glad to see. It. Lacrosse is one of my favorite places. I've never yeah. done really well there, but I Me love neither. going up there. Yeah, so I'm yes. back. I've been there last year. I went there a total of uh, six times, and uh, four of those were just a just a fun fish, um, and just try to try to work and figure that place out. It's only a six hour drive for me. Um, and I've got family up there that I can stay with. So uh, it makes sense uh, for me to go up that direction. So uh, I'm hopeful that uh, this will be the year, but uh, I'll keep trying until I get it done. I've heard it's a pretty level playing field too. Like as far as the size of fish goes, like, yeah. you know, you see a lot of 16 to 18 inch fish. You don't really hear of these like monster bags being thrown up at lacrosse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But somebody always, some, you know, somebody always finds that one 19, 20 inch bass that elevates them to the top, you know? Um, and you can get on, you know, an awesome swim jig bite there. You can get on some top water, um, and, uh, you know, whether that's a topwater popper out there in the, in the, in the current, or that's a, a frog in the backwaters. So, uh, that, that tournament can be won anywhere. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's a pretty, pretty level, uh, playing field. Uh, the leaderboards always remind me of kind of this fork leaderboard, not with the size, but with how close, you know, yeah. first to 30th is stacked yeah. up, you know, in, yeah. in the, in the links. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. Jeff, will you throw up Billy Bowden's uh, question that he posted um, Billy about the uh, the live scope transducer? I don't know, Nate, if you know the answer to this question or if anybody else watching does, uh, but does the, the live scope transducer click at a different frequency to say a 2D sonar? Like, what's the difference uh, as far as sound-wise on the live scope? I don't quite know the direct answer to that, uh, but I do know that there's like three different beams that are shot out at the same time to feed you back that live image. Um, or at least like that's what I can almost even see on my screen sometimes until I really fine tune it and dial it in. Um, but uh, I don't know the direct answer to that. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much looks like an ultrasound shoot straight out in front of your brain. Yeah, that's what it, it looks like. Yeah, that's what the picture looks like is an ultrasound. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's an interesting question. What's on your jacket, Nate, from James Leggett? Yeah, James Leggett makes these. This is, uh, this is ah, here. <laughs> that was a setup. Yeah, it's some good material. I appreciate. It. I like this thing here. So uh, thanks, James. Appreciate it's that. Imperial Stone. We'll yeah. send you the bill. We'll send you the bill for that plug, James. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, you know, really though, to, to give a shout out also to my work. You know, they're very, very, very supportive of my uh, my kayak fishing, and uh, you know, really thankful for for my job and and uh, them supporting me and and chasing uh, some tournaments. What do you do in real life, Nate? Just for uh, those yeah, I uh, do sales and project manage my own projects for uh, Centurion Stone. So uh, masonry, uh, and that's you know brick, block, Eva Stone and Stucco. Um, and uh, you know even while I've got you on here, Roger College uh, this weekend, he uh, he put up 102.75 inches um, the day before the event pre-fishing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a and, and that right there tells you. Um, that lake is on fire, and uh, anybody could could have an, uh, an amazing day there on any given moment. Um, but uh, he actually gave me some some wonderful tips uh, as far as uh, you know my work goes. Uh, we had a great conversation down there at Fork. So that's what's also neat about getting to these events is you get to network with so many different types of people. And not only are you talking about fishing, but you're talking about work as well. Um, and he does an incredible job with 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 his uh, his masonry as well. So you guys, if you guys ever need anything done, check out Roger College. He's he's top notch professional. These dudes are, uh, these dudes are getting technical in the comments. Two D is. I just want him to answer the damn question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's the? How many the megahertz? The cone, James. I want to know the frequency of the signal. We want to know the the kilohertz and the gigawatts. That's all we <laughs> yeah, want to know. Tell me the frequency now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody call an OBGYN. They probably know. Yes. See, <laughs> right. see, in yeah. re see, in real life, Nate, Ryan and I are both background of uh, x-ray people. So yeah, we're both oh, radiology okay. guys. Like, I'm, that's both... why I want to know the frequency. I want to understand <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about here, not the cone. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we're not just uh, <laughs> talking heads on Facebook. We actually have real real jobs out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about somebody else from Nebraska, if you want to comment on him. And, it, you know, Jackson Orr gets a lot of the headlines as one of the young hammers in the in the country, rightly so, because he is. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other folks out there. But somebody from Nebraska that is always on the leaderboards and I've always been impressed by is Brady Stores. And he came in in 16th in this event, had 90 inches himself. Talk a little bit about Brady and what kind of angler that kid is. I don't even know if he's a kid anymore. How old is he? Yeah, uh, He's not a kid anymore. When he yeah. first started with us, he was whooping our tails as, as a kid. Yeah. Um, you can remember, I can remember far back to like 2016 KBF trail event at Lake Wanahoo. Uh, Brady took the dub there and, uh, really put his name out there to us guys in Nebraska, uh, that he's an angler to, to, to reckon with. And then, uh, you know, the MKFS happened and, and, and Brady was a stick in that as well. Um, paid out lots of cash to Brady. Um, and then you've seen him down at, uh, 
down at uh, Mississippi River. That guy has gotten third place up there. So I might need to ask Brady for a few tips too. He, he's probably got some answers for me. Um, How old is but, Brady? Uh, Brady's probably 19, 20 now. Okay. Um, so re- real young kid, you know. And um, But like you said, Jeff, growing up very fast and, you know, gaining a ton of knowledge as far as fishing goes. And, um, you know, as the years come, he's going to continue to be a threat to every one of us in the kayak, uh, kayak game. Yeah, I met him at the at the Midwest Series. You know, mm-hmm. when I traveled up to fish with you guys some, and was impressed by the kid then. I still call him a kid now. Nineteen twenty is a kid yeah. to me. Yeah, he's uh, he's a stud. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to Brady. I'm yeah, shout out to Brady and and Christine from Nebraska got twenty second. Uh, Workman got forty third from Nebraska. James Francis got uh, got forty fifth from Nebraska. So uh, you know, Nebraska was fighting in there, and you know, like I said. You know, Iowa was in there. Kansas was in there. I mean, the Midwest has got some some really tough sticks, and uh, I think every one of us, you know, in the Midwest, work really hard to keep up with some of the guys like you know Russ Snyder's and and Cody Milton and you Lambert and you know all all those folks who get to you know really hammer down on us sometimes. You yeah. don't have to work too hard to keep up with me, buddy. Just stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good comments coming in about Brady for sure. Um, Super impressed with that kid and the Midwest Anglers. There was three uh, in the top ten from Missouri. Missouri showed out mm-hmm. in this tournament, so mm-hmm. good for them. I see Big good Stick Hal in the comments. Uh, congrats, congrats, Big Stick, on uh, getting that money back in your pocket. Uh, I know there was a, a little bit of controversy. Yeah, we, we skipped right over that, Jeff. Uh, a little bit of controversy over a uh, – I don't know if it was a rules interpretation or what you would call it. Uh, I think, you know, kind of the written rules read one way and then the the captain's meeting sounded a different way or something. Overall, the the main point of all this, people are going to make mistakes, whether you're a tournament director or an angler, no matter what. Just, you know, you just make it right. So for the tournament directors, don't beat yourselves up, but it's a learning experience. Uh, You know, address it up front uh, next time and make sure it's clear for both parties. Uh, But hats off to you guys for, for doing the right thing. I don't think... You know, no matter how big the entity gets or, or your trail gets, uh, that part will remain the same. Communicate clearly with the anglers and then do the right thing at the end of the day. That's all you can ask for. Absolutely. That felt like that happened two weeks ago for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Because Fork seemed like a really long tournament because you had all these big pre-fishing picks and everybody going live and all this stuff and Matt Scott's cooking a thousand crappie a day and then – the tournament actually happened <laughs> and here we are two days later. Yeah. Well, that was an entertaining thread. I can't believe I forgot to cover that at the beginning, but uh, yeah, it was cool. The KBN uh, public court ruled again and it all worked itself out. And I, and yeah. they, props to the TDs for getting in there and commenting and mixing it up. They didn't just, you know, go on the I band. Mean, I think that's part, like you got to You can't just ignore stuff. Like you can't, I don't ever want that to be the case in any of this stuff. Like if an issue comes up, address it, you know, as the guys running these tournaments, you know, just, just step up. And if you want to speak your piece, if you feel like you're right, that's cool. That's fine. You know, like, let's, let's, let's hear it. Like, I I just don't want stuff to get brushed under the rug and kind of ignored. I don't think that's good for anybody. I like that. uh, Taylor house slid in the comments too on that thread. Let her know, let her feelings be known. (laughs) I got it. I, I got to meet, I have to meet Taylor when I'm in Texas. I have to, she, you know, she had a lot of participation after the Seminole event. Hilarious. So uh, that's, uh, that's on my bucket list, Brian, uh, no offense, but I want to buy your wife. A drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Funny stuff. 
anything else from anybody before we let Nate out of here? I know he's got another deal coming up in a few minutes, so I want to give you a chance to go uh, use the bathroom or get a drink or whatever whatever you need to do <laughs> before you jump over there. I uh, still need some sleep. I'm, uh, yeah. you know, I went right back to work well, take today. Take a quick so. nap then. You got to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff, man. We, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come over here because I know you're beat. Any of these tournaments, whether they're one day or two day and they're out of town like that, they just wear you out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and sure. I feel I feel for some of the guys who pre-fished all week. I mean, they had some strong winds to battle. So, um, you know, uh, not being there so early might have helped me out, just kind of keep my legs fresh and yeah. and and mine fresh as well. Because you know the weather conditions can really take a toll on on an angler. So, um, you know, again, just hats off to everybody who fished that tournament. It was an absolute uh, uh, shootout until the very end, and and uh, you know everybody you know fished with with uh, with wonderful uh, skill and. Uh, just fortunate you may be the king of lake fort nate you may be that's right that's right i I gotta throw this in there real quick ryan he said 530 (laughs) i I know thank you thank you james i applaud you you're a master googler yeah (laughs) (laughs) what have y'all got coming out your way jeff you got anything anything big on radar this weekend uh no man we got uh local events kicked off around here we had one saturday that's why i didn't really follow the leaderboard all day until the end and uh in true rookie fashion i wrote down the wrong id and got all my fish dq'd anyway you but did I, not do that I, I did that i did that but it wouldn't have mattered anyway i finished in the middle of the pack but it was uh pretty funny that i that i did that <laughs> um, i love it i love it yeah awesome stuff uh but yeah nothing big coming up i'm just looking forward to dardanelle and then uh the the all-American series, I guess that's in, what, three weeks on mm-hmm. Washita? That's mm-hmm. coming up. I think I might hit that. I'm on the fence about going down there. Uh, if I can slide out a day early from work to get down there, I'm not, I don't know. But that's I two things I'm going to largemouth bite probably still in the same place. Yeah. If you want I those, know. I don't know. Uh, I'll just go back, to, I'll go back to old community holes I know about because I probably won't get right. to pre-fish okay. if I go. So Good stuff. Good. Oh, yeah, Katie Backa. She threw a link up there. Katie, thank you. In Arkansas, the Ben Spangler Memorial. Everyone's familiar with Ben that that tragically passed away back in the fall. Uh, the Cent- NSK Central Group, their second tournament of the year, they, they're going to name it after him every year on Lake Conway, his, his favorite lake. So his memorial tournament is March, uh, I think it's March 27th, last week of March. So anyone in the area wants to come fish that, Conway's a is cool Is Conway lake, the so. place that had like the community hall, like the tree or whatever out there? Is that Was that what that was? Where they put the plaque on the tree? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. It. Yeah, that's cool. So the Ben Spangler Memorial. Can't forget about that one. So uh, we've got the Tennessee Bass Nation. Uh Steve-O's running a tournament on Pickwick Saturday. Uh, if anybody wants to come out and fish that. I am gonna skip that and drive down to Milledgeville, Georgia to fish with uh my buddy Little Deal. We're gonna fish a bass boat tournament this weekend and see uh See if the kite boys can cut a check on the uh, bass boat side. So cross your fingers for that one. Yeah, that'd be epic. Hope I don't know who's it. driving the boat, but we're going to give it a shot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to keep the Nate, on the entire time. Nice. All right. Now you got anything else before we go, man? I'm going to let you get out of here. No, thanks for having me, guys. Certainly appreciate it. And look forward to seeing you guys on the water and competing against you guys. And, um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Certainly appreciate it. You bet, man. You bet. Well, uh, Ryan, good luck on the bass boat, dude. Hammer down. Yes, sir. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Hammer down. All right, thanks for watching, everybody. Good times. Facebook, YouTube, appreciate y'all. We're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.